The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. Your host is Chad Austin. There's no time to get yourself into shape. Like right now, you'll learn how to overcome the day-to-day excuses and start working on the rest of your life. The results will come as you go and will just keep getting better and better. Now, here's your host and motivator, Chad Austin. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Austin. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. The title of today's show is Temporary Changes Lead to Temporary Results. This is something I've been wanting to discuss on the show for a while now, and that's a subject of weight cycling or yo-yo dieting, it's often called. Unfortunately, most of us know exactly what that means and don't need any explanation. But for the rest of you, I found a great description at medicinenet.com, and it is, weight cycling is the repeated loss and regain of body weight. When weight cycling is a result of dieting, it's often called yo-yo dieting. A weight cycle can range from a small weight loss and gains of 5 to 10 pounds per cycle to large changes in weight, 50 pounds or more per cycle. This phenomenon is very common in societies that place an emphasis on being thin. People who lose weight through dieting often regain weight in a short time, and they often add more weight than they lost. Yo-yo dieting may increase the risk of developing heart disease, hypertension, and diabetes. It may also increase emotional distress and contribute to a sense of failure or low self-esteem. I'm really glad they used the term dieting in in their description because to me that word just basically means temporary. and It's kind of a risk to call uh, your meal plan a diet sometimes. And unfortunately, every day there is a new fad diet out there that can get more, get you more temporary results. Almost everyone has been there before. You put forth a lot of effort to get committed. You make the changes and you lose weight only to watch the number on the scale go back to where they were or higher. It's a very frustrating pattern. It happens to so many people. I was looking for statistics to share with you today about how many people get stuck in this yo-yo dieting pattern but I found so many varying numbers, I didn't want to share any of them. But we know what happens to everyone. Losing weight and making lifestyle changes is something that anyone can do. Anyone can decide to make their health and fitness a priority in their lives. But that doesn't make it easy. I've been working in fitness for over 10 years now, and that's one thing you'll never hear coming out of my mouth, is that losing weight and making fitness a priority is easy. If it was easy, everyone would be fit, right? And then we wouldn't have all the problems in health and fitness that we do. When, whenever you this yo-yo pattern happens to you, I, the way I see it, you have two choices. You can either beat yourself up for being human, or you can come back with a plan to learn from your mistakes. Ask yourself, how did this happen? Why does it keep happening? My professional happen, My professional opinion is that it probably happened because you made temporary changes and not long-term changes. Temporary changes lead to temporary results. Long-term changes lead to long-term results. 
later on the show, I have a great guest joining us that's gonna that is actually an expert on this topic. Davna Chazen is a registered dietitian and New York State licensed certified dietitian nutritionist. She is a clinical dietitian at the Center of Advanced Weight Loss in Clinton, New Jersey, where she counsels patients on medically supervised weight loss plans. Daphna gained extensive experience in both clinical and community nutrition over the past decade, focusing on her work on prevention and management of chronic diseases through dietary lifestyle changes. She has counseled both adults and children with various health conditions by creating personalized nutrition therapy plans that meet their dietary needs. In addition, Daphna is a culinary expert and has created and conducted healthy cooking seminars for both individuals and large groups. She is currently writing her first cookbook, which will emphasize boosting the nutritional content of meals without compromising flavor. Daphna holds a Master of Science degree in clinical nutrition from New York University and completed her clinical training at Beth Israel Medical Center in New York City. She's an active member of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and New Jersey Dietetic Association. So going back to the yo-yo dieting, I'm always, I, I love to share articles with you. Uh, on my Facebook page, I shared one this morning. If you go to my right-hand corner of the show page, there's a link that says Chad Austin Fitness on Facebook. You can click on it. It'll take you right to my timeline of my business Facebook page. But this is a great article I found that talks about uh, yo-yo dieting that I found. It's from it's called Health and Fitness Lifestyle or Life Interruption. It's by Stacy Dickerson. Health or, fit, or lifestyle or life interruption. This is a powerful question indeed. This caption is why some people are successful at permanent weight loss and others are not. It centers around how you view the action that leads to the healthy fit body. Obesity is a serious problem in the U.S. today. According to the Centers for Disease and Control and Prevention, more than one-third of adults and one-sixth of children in America are obese. In the past 20 years, obesity rates doubled for adults and tripled for children. If these trends continue, by the time today's children reach adulthood, obesity will be the norm and healthy weight will be the exception. In fact, for the first time in our country's history, the current generation of children in America may have shorter life expectancies than their parents. See, when I read this, I'm, I'm an optimist and I'm also a personal trainer. And so I believe some of these aren't going to happen because we're going to win this battle. But it's very disturbing to think that our children could outlive us now because of the way our, our pattern is going. And she goes on to say, uh, so which is it for you? Is health and fitness a way of living for you? Something you do on an ongoing basis? Do you plan your meals at least loosely for an entire week? Do you choose healthy meals to prepare and go to the grocery store with the list? Do you strive to make constant improvements in your decisions about what to eat and how active to be? If so, then good for you. Your mindset favors a healthy lifestyle and will serve you well. Or do you consider losing weight and becoming more fit a two-week endeavor to fit into a new pair of jeans or a new outfit for a special occasion? When starting a new diet, do you say to yourself, how long do I have to do this? Or when can I have a, have a cheat meal? Does it eventually get in the way of all the other things you want to do? Does it get hard enough that you give up and retreat back to your comfort zone? If so, you view health and fitness as a temporary fix. And unfortunately, it will yield you temporary results 
and make it harder for you to lose weight the next time. So since we know this, how do you transition to a healthier lifestyle? According to Stacy Dickerson, to transition means to have transformation or metamorphosis, to cease being one thing to become another. For example, a caterpillar morphs into a butterfly. You must be willing to let go of unhealthy habits you, you know aren't going good for you. It helps to examine why you are clinging to them in the first place. Then you have to be willing to give yourself the things you need to be, you need to, you need to be the new you. You must believe deep down that you deserve it. To have a healthy lifestyle, you must decide why it's important to be healthy and more fit. The answer to that question is, very, is a very personal one. There are so many answers, and as many answers as there are people. Dig deep to determine your goals, values, beliefs, and intentions. Identify roadblocks, real or imagined. Do you have any underlying beliefs that no longer serve you? So I love, and uh, there's, there's more, a little bit more to that article. You can read it on my Facebook page. It's a good article and kind of raises a good point. The last point she made about finding your reason why I think is the most important step. You can and will make anything happen if you have a big enough reason why. Your reason why is going to be your fuel, your willpower fuel. Knowing why is especially important in weight loss because the going is going to get tough from time to time. There will be days when you don't want to work out and days when you're tired of eating healthy. You have to know why this is important to you so you can keep going when, when the going gets tough. One point that she didn't make that I'm going to add on, one point she didn't make in her article is addressed that I think you also have to have the right vision. And so here's what I mean by that. When I was, I was, a lot of you know, I was a teacher and a coach for a few years before I became a personal trainer. And my first year actually as a teacher, I was at a consolidated school. And so the year before, it was two eight-man teams, eight-man football team, two small 1A schools, and that combined together to become one school. So two rival teams came together to become one team. So they went from being two eight-man football teams to one 11-man football team. And so it was the first time playing 11-man football, and they were a really young team. They didn't have too many upperclassmen. And I'll never forget in a pep assembly that we had, you know, a pep assembly is one of those in front of the whole school and you're trying to motivate everybody. Our head coach came out to speak about the game coming up and the quote he used, he said, whenever a foot compares itself to a yard, it always comes up short. And when he said that, I remember thinking that is the most demotivating thing. That is the worst thing to say to try to pump people up. What is he, whenever a foot compares itself to a yard, it always comes up short. What is, what is he saying? That we can't think we're going to win this game, we, that, so we shouldn't. We really don't have a chance to win. I, I didn't know what he was trying to do there. But years later, now that I'm a personal trainer, I think this is a very good quote, and I see it kind of a different way. I think one big thing that we do wrong a lot, whenever we are looking for a big transformation and we have a big weight loss goal, we try to compare ourselves too much of what other people look like and, and that being our goal. It's like whether it be the cover of a magazine, whether it be a, an actor, or a fitness model, or a, you know, a bodybuilder, or a rock star, or whatever it may be. We look at the way they look, and that's our goal. We want to look like that. And we're, if by doing that, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. We're setting ourselves up for failure because no matter how hard we try, 
we're never going to look like them in the picture. And then I'm not saying that when I say that, I'm not saying that we're not going to be able to get results. We won't be able to lose weight. We won't be able to get defined muscles. We won't be able to gain muscle. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm simply saying is that we're not that person. So we can't strive to be that person, to look like that person, because we never will, because that's not us. The only vision you need to have, in my mind, is to become the very best version of yourself that you can. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for, for failure, and you're going to be disappointed. So you can't transform to look, into, to look like somebody else. It's not you. The best you can do is just set your goals to become the best version of yourself. Well, we're about to take a break now on that note. And when we come back, I'm very excited. We will have Daphna Chazen on the show. And we will dive into many topics like Hunger Shield and uh, what she, weight loss for many individuals and methods to help you get long-term success. So we will be right back on Be Fit for Life. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you have cancer, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. While many medical professionals can give us some of the answers, there are many more unanswered questions that can't always be answered to our satisfaction. Listen for Cancer Concepts and Compliments with Dr. James Belanger. We'll discuss the tests, the compromised immune system, how cancer grows, and what natural medicines could be added to conventional therapies that may help keep it at bay. Cancer Concepts and Compliments airs live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin, and you're listening to Be Fit for Life. I have a great guest on the show today, Davna Chasen. Davna is a registered dietitian and New York State licensed certified dietitian nutritionist. She is a clinical dietitian at a Center for Advanced Weight Loss in Clinton, New Jersey, where she counsels patients on medically supervised weight loss plans. Daphna gained extensive experience in both clinical and community nutrition over the past decade, focusing her work on prevention and management of chronic diseases through dietary lifestyle changes. She has counseled both adults and children with various health conditions by creating personalized nutrition therapy plans that meet their dietary needs. In addition, 
Daphne is a culinary expert and has created and conducted healthy cooking seminars for both individuals and large groups. She is currently writing her first cookbook, which emphasizes boosting nutritional content on, of meals without compromising flavor. Daphne holds a Master's of Science degree in clinical nutrition from New York University and completed her clinical training at Beth Israel Medical Center in New York City. She's an active member of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietics and the New Jersey Dietetic Association. Welcome to the show, Daphna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. We Since we talked, we had a chance to talk on the phone last week, and I've been really excited about this interview ever since. So I've been looking forward to having you on the show. Great. Thank you. Um, so looking through your website, and obviously we just we talked on the phone last week and getting to know you a little bit, I can tell it's easy to tell you you obviously love your job and are very passionate about what you do so how did you end up in your current profession uh yeah so i am very passionate about what i do um i think i got into the field of nutrition originally because it really allowed me to combine two of my biggest passions which are health and food so i grew up in israel and i was always very mindful of what i ate at home, we followed what we now know as the Mediterranean diet, so it was a lot of fruits and vegetables and uh, whole grains and fish and healthy fats, but I also like to indulge every now and then, so I was always curious about finding that balance and really learning about how different foods affect our overall health and how the body functions, so I sought out formal nutrition training, and I'm really happy to be able to help educate other people about finding that balance and really enjoying their food, but also improving their health through food. Yeah, that's awesome. So it sounds like uh, the passion for nutrition kind of runs in your family a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I grew up in a house where, you know, food was always so healthy and my mom is very health conscious. So I, you know, it was a natural fit for me to kind of make a career out of something that I was already doing. And you know, cooking and, and really learning about health and how food affects health was something I was always interested in. So it was almost like a natural fit for me to be a dietitian. Yeah, I can relate to that. My It was kind of a natural fit for me to, at first as a PE teacher and then as a trainer too, it just kind of, it was kind of a no-brainer for me once I got to that point, just being yeah. passionate about nice growing to, up. It's <laughs> nice to be able to, um, you know, have a career of something you love to do. So mm. it's almost like my hobby became my job. <laughs> so right. <that's, laughs> when you love what you do, you don't ever have to work, right? <laughs> that's right. Yep. <laughs> so you work at a center for advanced weight loss. So describe working there. Who are your typical clients and what are their biggest obstacles? Yeah, sure. So I work at the Center for Advanced Weight Loss, as you mentioned. We're located in Clinton, New Jersey, where I'm located as well. This is where I live. And in my office, we have three medically supervised weight loss programs. So we have a bariatric surgery program, and there are three different types of surgeries we all offer our patients. We also have a weight loss with medication program and a meal replacement program called OptiFast. So all three of these programs are very different from one another, but the one thing they do have in common is that they're mostly suitable for patients who have already attempted the more conventional weight loss programs, and they haven't been successful. They haven't been able to lose a significant amount of weight, or they haven't been able to keep that weight off. Like you were talking, they just kind of yo-yo, and what they were doing, uh, maybe a good solid plan, but 
for some reason, they just weren't able to move from the active weight loss into maintenance and make that their lifestyle to kind of keep that for, for the longer term. So the programs that we offer are more aggressive than a traditional calorie reduction diet. So they're not suitable for everyone, but they work very well for patients who have already dieted multiple times and didn't have much success. Wow. It sounds like uh, you have to do a lot of work at the beginning, just helping your patient get in the right mindset. I can only imagine after if they're coming to you, uh, for help after they've yo-yoed or tried several things that failed in the past. I mean, they probably had to, it'd be tough for them to have the mindset that this is going to work too. So you probably have to really do a lot of work to get them in the right mindset that they can believe they can get results. Yeah, it's true. And I think different people struggle with different aspects of weight loss. But for my patients, the common thread that I see among my patients is that they really feel like they're living in a food environment that contains too many of their trigger foods. And when someone becomes too busy and they have a hard time planning meals, they kind of end up eating the wrong foods. And, you know, like in yo-yo dieting or even, again, if it's a good plan and not some uh, fad diet that, you know, you eat cabbage soup for, you know, two months or, you know, something ridiculous like that, even if it's a good solid plan, um, it's very hard to avoid temptation and to really keep those plans going for the long term sometimes. And that can lead to a lot of frustration. And ultimately, some people may develop an unhealthy relationship with food or even a food addiction. So when they come to our center, they often look to narrow the amount of stimulation that they have from the food around them and really limit the quantity and also the variety of food that they consume. So for example, with our meal replacement program, our patients are able to Um, consume the calorie-controlled products, and those products are portable, so it really allows them to not have to think about cooking and shopping for ingredients and um, and kind of let let them take a vacation from food and reduce temptation. And, again, meal replacements are not for everyone. Some people may find the program too strict, and, of course, it's always best to try to lose weight by shifting your eating habits and reducing calories and you know, doing it the more traditional way first. But again, where I work, I see patients who have done all of that multiple times and haven't been successful. So they're really looking for a different type of program. And I think a lot of uh, people also struggle. Another obstacle that's very common is uh, emotional and stress eating. And that's something that's more on a mental level. And we talked a little bit about this before the show. So we really try to address these issues from a behavioral health perspective, and we have health uh, behavioral health professionals that work in our office, and we also discuss these things in our support groups. So our, our program is very comprehensive, and uh, even though it's a little bit strict and a little bit more extreme than a traditional calorie reduction diet, we have an endocrinologist um, that monitors all of our patients, so it's a very safe program. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, not for everyone, and you really want to have the right support system and the right health professionals helping you through a program like this. Yeah. And I, I've, from the different clients I've had over the years, I, some people definitely can benefit from having the guesswork taken out of it for them and having them just more st- structure of exactly what they're supposed to do and see how it takes. And I definitely deal with a lot of, the, a lot of clients that when you have emotional eating or if you have uh, an addiction and from time to time, you're going to fall off. 
And yeah. so I love Julian Michaels quote about fitness where, you know, talking about fitness, weight loss being a journey. And if you ever get off track, all you have to do is take a U-turn and you're right back on course. That's and right. so yep. when you teach them the tools, then it's something they can always, you know, get back on track on their, on their own once they, once they fail. And yep. so we'll all fail once in a while. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And we have to allow ourselves to be human. I mean, we can't always be perfect. If you're, you know, if someone is all, all only thinking of themselves in terms of their eating as either perfect or a failure, they're setting themselves up to, to big trouble. They're going to be very frustrated with themselves, and that's never helpful. That's really detrimental to weight loss. So mm-hmm. allowing yourself to, like you said, go off track. One of my colleagues always uses this GPS analogy. If you go somewhere and you're taking a wrong turn, you know, what does your GPS do for you? It recalculates. It doesn't tell you, forget it, don't go there anymore, or you're a terrible driver, or whatever <laughs> it may be. It doesn't, it doesn't talk down to you. It tells you, okay, take the next U-turn and go there, and you may be three or four minutes behind on your schedule, but you'll still get there. You'll still get to your goal. So it's the same thing with weight loss. If you go off track, all you have to do is recalculate and get right back on your healthy eating plan. It may take you a day or two longer to get to your weight that you were looking for, but you will still get there. So it's more important to not make that bad day into a bad weekend and into a bad week, and then it's a bad month, and it's really a slippery slope. So mm-hmm. the, the shorter the recovery time is, the more quickly you get back on track, the more successful you'll be. Yep, that's definitely a very important lesson for, for people to learn. Um, I told you on the phone, I talked to you about my brother-in-law who just actually lost 100 pounds. We had a, There was a celebration in my hometown. I, I unfortunately wasn't able to go, but he just had 100 pounds lost. Uh, wow. Like workout celebration they did recently. And <laughs> I'm very, very proud of him. But his, his weight loss journey started with lap band surgery. And so mm-hmm. since he got that and he started really losing weight, I started doing more research. And I, I know there's a lot of mixed feelings in the world, especially in the personal, in the fitness world, personal trainers, about lap band surgeries for weight loss. And yeah. I've read many articles about uh, people who, after initially losing weight, a lot of weight, eventually regain it. And so I feel my, my stance is that I feel that getting a surgery to help you get results will only be successful if you also make the lifestyle changes that you would have had to make to lose the weight without the surgery. And so my advice would just, I I would just love to hear what advice you would have for my brother-in-law. He's in a great community there, uh, surrounded by, he just created the perfect environment for its success. He's surrounded by a lot of people that are into health and fitness. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's great for him. But what advice would you give him to kind of help keep him going in the right direction and not be a statistics that puts some of this weight back on? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I first want to commend your brother-in-law for doing this. It's a huge accomplishment, and it's not easy to do. So good for him, and I hope he keeps it up and stays strong because it's not an easy thing. But it's a very, very huge accomplishment that he's had. I think one of the biggest factors that separate the patients who do really well and those who struggle a little bit is, like you said, understanding that the surgery is only a tool to help someone succeed. So it's not a guarantee for losing the weight, and it's certainly not a guarantee for keeping it off, which is oftentimes the hardest part. So when someone comes to my office before surgery and I see that they're maybe a little resistant to changing their eating habits because they believe that the surgery will allow them to continue to eat the way they're eating now in an unhealthy way and still lose the weight, that's a big red flag to me. That usually means that that person has unrealistic expectations. And that worries me because 
that, you know, if someone is not making those changes, um, there is no way for them to be successful. They may lose weight initially because um, they're so restricted in the volume that they can eat, but as they build up, as they are able to tolerate bigger meals and tolerate uh, more calorie-dense foods, higher fat, higher sugar foods, their weight is going to slow down if they're not going to change those things that they were doing before. So that's why in our office, we begin teaching our patients the behavior modifications they will need to make well before the surgery. So we start about six months before the surgery, and we really work to make sure that they have a good understanding of what their eating will look like after the procedure. So we practice everything they need to know from chewing slowly to how you're supposed to cut your food to um, how to read a, a nutrition label and what protein shakes are you going to need to drink and what vitamins are you going to need to take. All of these things we start practicing before. And a lot of times just by doing these things, the patients start losing a tremendous amount of weight because mm-hmm. even before they had the surgery because they just start practicing these small things that really add up and of course, exercise, we, we um, encourage them to start on an exercise program. So all these little things combined create a significant amount of weight loss before surgery. And that's a good thing because we want to see that that person is motivated and we want to see that they're committed to our program and that they're committed to making this, these changes. And it's also increasing the safety of the procedure when someone loses weight before. So it's really a good sign when someone comes to me at the second and third visit and I see that they're starting to lose weight, I know this person is going to do well. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you start six months before the surgery. It definitely probably increases your uh, results long-term with these patients. Yeah, and we have patients who've lost 100 and 150 pounds and have been keeping it off for four and five years. So the, the, the things that these patients learn in our program are really lifelong changes. So I think the key to success is really finding a program that will follow the person before and after the procedure so that they can get all the education that they need, how to choose calorie-controlled food, how to make sure you're getting high-quality protein in your diet, and that your meals are balanced. And physical activity is probably the most important factor in losing weight, but also in weight maintenance. It's a huge, huge deal for someone to continue on a certain exercise program. It really allows them to maintain their weight loss and not bounce back. And also, I mentioned support groups before, but this is such a huge part of our practice. When people can come and, you know, I didn't go through the procedure. I didn't have bariatric surgery. I didn't lose 100 pounds with bariatric surgery. But when someone comes to my office to a support group and they can really talk to other people who've been through this and discuss the hardships and successes and and really talk to others who've been through this, it's very powerful. People gain a lot from the group dynamic. So... The most important thing, as I said, is really making sure you're not seeing that surgery is a quick fix to your problem or, or is something that's going to help you um, continue to do what you're doing now and still lose the weight. So it's, it's the beginning of a new chapter in your life that will take some work and effort. It's not going to be easy. But the patients who really adopt this type of thinking and practice th- these behaviors are very successful. So it does work for many people. Yeah, that's a great description. I, I love everything you just said. The, those terms that you use, uh, quick fix and things like or things like that, I use those all the time. I, I always just uh, cringe whenever you all hear one of those commercials where they right. uh, say that you can, you know, 
lose weight, don't stop at doing anything, just take this or and something. There are so many of those out there, so many fad diets or fad medicines for weight loss that come out all the time. And so that is a definite one of the pro- one of the problems uh, that we're trying to overcome as a health professionals for sure. Yeah, and but, I think it's important for some, for people to know that when they do hear of all these fad diets or or whatever the kind of gimmick of a certain diet may be, it usually does the same thing. It usually reduces the amount of calories that you eat. So if someone goes on Atkins or if someone goes on South Beach or whatever other diet, and those are, you know, South Beach is not a fad diet. It's been around for a long time. But, you know, some of the other more extreme programs, they all essentially do the same thing, which is reduce your calories. Some are more extreme than others. But the question is what happens after. If you don't know what it is that works for you, if you're just doing a fad diet and it worked, it's probably not going to stay. You're you're probably not going to be able to sustain that weight loss because you don't know. You haven't learned what was it that worked for you. So, and it's usually a calorie reduction. So if you just reduce your calorie in a healthy way and in a more supervised way, then you can be more successful in the long term. And you also know what, what was the factor that made a difference for you. So that really helps people to really make it sustainable. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we are going to take a quick commercial break now. And when we come back, listeners, um, Hunger Shield is one of the Daphne is a co-creator of this great product. I posted on my Facebook page this morning a link to it. And so if you want to go and check out the website real quick while we're on break, when we come back, that is what we're going to talk about. But stay tuned. We'll be right back with more of Be Fit for Life. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. Kelly covers our relationship with food and teaches us how easy eating well and living well can be, taking us on a weekly food journey, guiding us to a more rich and vibrant life. So tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Eat Well to Live Well with Kelly Hill. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. 
Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Daphna Chasen here on Be Fit for Life. Uh, we just went to break. I told you to go to my Facebook page and look at the link for Hunger Shield that I put on there. You are one of the creators of the product called Hunger Shield. So what gave you the idea for this product? And who is it for? How has it helped your clients? Yeah, so I created Hunger Shield with three other dietitians, and it's a product that was developed after we saw a growing need in our patients to control their hunger better. So we're all practicing nutritionists, and we know that when we put someone on a plan, a healthy eating plan, even our most motivated patients fall into the trap of going too long without eating. Maybe they were too busy. Maybe they didn't plan that day so well. They didn't think about their meals. And they end up going off their eating plan because they're starving and there's there's nothing good around. There's nothing healthy around for them to eat. And we see this in weight loss studies too, that people often cite hunger as the main reason why they couldn't continue on a certain diet plan. So it's a very common problem. So Hunger Shield was created to help prevent someone from becoming too hungry when they're trying to eat healthier. So it's a powdered drink mix that comes in little stick packs and it's port so it's portable. And when you add it to water, it makes a very refreshing drink. And right now we have two flavors on the market, lemon lime and iced tea. And each packet of Hunger Shield contains four grams of pro four grams of fiber and five grams of protein. So Fiber and protein are the two ingredients that have the most studies to support that they promote satiety. They help someone curb their appetite. They help someone feel less hungry. And ultimately, that helps to greater reductions in weight loss. So um, it was important to us as healthcare professionals that we only use the ingredients that have the scientific support to show that they're doing what we're trying to do, which, again, is curb appetite. So we didn't also add any artificial ingredients. So Hunger Shield is natural. It doesn't contain any sugar. So it's really a great tool for someone to help stick to their eating plan with less hunger. We also added probiotics into Hunger Shield because sometimes when people add fiber to their diet, um, if it was before a, a, a diet that was low in fiber, when they add the four grams of fiber from, from Hunger Shield, they may feel a little bloated or there may be some GI distress. So the probiotics are going to help with that. And we haven't had any reports of anyone suffering from any GI distress after they consumed Hunger Shield. So, you know, we chose a fiber that's very um, digestively friendly, and we also have the probiotics in there. So it's very safe for consumption. And the beauty about Hunger Shield is that it can be combined with, combined with any weight loss plan and taken at any time of day. So we recommend drinking it about an hour before a meal or in place of a snack to really help people manage their appetite. But people can use it when they feel like they need it most. So some of our consumers drink it before 3 and 5 p.m. That tends to be a tough time for a lot of people when maybe you're driving home from work and lunch was three or four hours ago and dinner's not going to be on the table for a couple more hours. You kind of need something to take the edge off to make you uh, get to dinner, not can make better choices at dinner, and then you can portion control better at dinner. Some people drink it after dinner uh, at night to prevent snacking. So a lot of people finish up, they clean up dinner, they sit in front of the TV, and then the snacking begins and they graze on different types of foods, and that you know goes on for a couple of hours until they go to sleep. So we see that a lot of people use it at that time to help prevent the snacking. 
Um, some people, and you can speak better to this than me, after the gym, people are usually very hungry, right, when they leave the gym. And a lot of times someone may consume on their way home or right when they get home, they may consume a meal that's way more calories than they just burned working out. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that kind of backfires. It's um, easy to so, come up with an excuse to do that. We, we just worked out really hard, so we reserved this now. Right, <laughs> and We don't realize right. that we just screwed everything up. Yeah, so a lot of people drink Hunger Shield right when they finish the workout or even during the workout. It's a great way to hydrate. So you have the water, which we know, of course, is important for hydration, but it's also something that helps fill you up, and the volume of fluid really helps curb your appetite. But then when you add, add Hunger Shield to it, it makes it even work harder for you. So it makes your water kind of functional, like a functional food. So it has the protein and the fiber and the probiotics in there. So it's really something that's... Um, adding nutrients to your diet that are going to help you with weight loss. I like the idea of uh, it being after dinner. For me, that is something I can relate to with my clients. That is definitely when I uh, had the biggest problems as far as hunger goes. I I had Toscarino on my show last year, and I love how she she talked about sugar being the legal form of cocaine, that everyone is so addicted to. uh, It's so easy to become addicted to sugar, and then it's so I can definitely see how Hunger Shield um, could help people get on track starting with their uh, with their food and reducing their calories to the point that it needs to be at. So I, I can definitely see how it would help. Um, yeah, and there were, we've done a study using Hunger Shield with about 40 of our patients, and um, we let them drink Hunger Shield once or twice a day, and what they reported back to us is that at their next meal, they consumed up to 50% less calories. So that's a huge reduction in calories, and that can really help someone with their weight loss. So we were really happy to see that. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Hunger Shield, on my Facebook page, if you go to Chat Awesome Fitness on Facebook, the link on the right-hand side of the show page here, um, I put a link about well, HungerShield.com. I put a link to go to the website, and there's also a link there where you can get a 15% discount um, on your product if you purchase it. And this, their website is great. You guys have a great website there. It definitely helps. So you can tell that uh, the site, the product was created by four nutrition experts because you guys have <laughs> a lot of great weight loss tips on there and a lot of great recipes for that you can use with Hunger Shield also. So I, I found it to be very useful, very good website. Thank you. And talking about hunger, what do you do when, when some of your clients that lose um all their weight and they're ready to, what are some of the struggles? How do you help them with the struggles of going from the active weight loss into a maintenance phase? Yeah, so that's a very important topic as well because like we said before, maintaining the weight is often harder than losing the weight. So when someone reaches their goal weight, they're usually able to increase their calorie level and have a little bit more leeway with their food because they don't need to create a calorie deficit anymore. That's what causes the active weight loss when you're creating a calorie deficit. But when once you move to maintenance, you don't have to do that anymore. So it's important to start increasing the calorie level slowly and keep an eye on the scale just to make sure that you're not going over what your maintenance calories will be. From my experience, what I see is that the people who are really able to maintain their weight long-term are the ones who don't abandon all their new behaviors, all the stuff they adopted during the time they were actively losing weight. They don't stop doing all of that. They continue, but 
they just have a little bit more room to play with calories. So they continue to read labels. They continue to record their intake. Maybe they don't keep a food log every day. Maybe they do it only two or three days a week, and that helps them stay accountable. Um, And they also try to avoid managing emotions with food. That's a very big part of it as well. So while these people have some room in terms of calories and they can eat some higher calorie foods every now and then, another good strategy that I see working very well for people is to keep certain staples in their diet. So I always tell my patients, it's okay to be bored with your food a little bit. Food shouldn't be too exciting, right? So when food is too exciting, that is usually when problems begin, especially in the beginning phases of maintenance. So if you're just moving from active weight loss into maintenance, you shouldn't be introducing all the foods that were problematic for you in the past because most chances are there's still going to be a problem. And you're so new to maintaining your new weight that you don't want to add that temptation back into your life quite yet. So you can have an occasional you know, indulgence in something that you really love or if there's a party or a holiday or something coming up and you know you, you, there's some dish you must have, you have room for that. You can do that. But it's really important to do it on occasion and not go overboard because that's when you know, it's kind of a slippery slope and someone may introduce too many calories back into their diet. So the people that I see and are very successful have staples. So their days look pretty much the same most days of the week. So they may use Greek yogurt as their snack all the time, or they may use oatmeal as their breakfast. And for a lot of people, dinner is almost always the same. It's a lean protein with a lot of vegetables and a small amount of starch. So again, Repeating the foods, the repeating certain meals is okay. It's actually good. It's what helps you be, build confidence. It will what helps you build a good uh, core plan that you can then add additional foods to and play with it. But it's it's something that's really um, it's really a, a good thing to keep certain staples and to stay on a certain plan and not completely go off what you were doing before. These people also stay accountable to the scale. So they may go on the scale once a week or once every other week just to keep track to make sure that the numbers are, are working out and they're not seeing a, an upward trend. And I think, again, the most important thing or one of the most important things is having a consistent exercise routine. So this is something that we really see as the make or break factor for many people. So it doesn't have to be very rigorous. It really has to be with what you can tolerate and what you feel comfortable and a plan that's going to be sustainable. So if you're someone who thinks you have to go to the gym every day for three hours, you're not going to be able to keep that up. That's going to be too hard, too strenuous on your life. It's going to be just something that's unrealistic for you to maintain long term. But something as simple as walking 45 minutes three or four times a week, that's something that you can probably keep up and it can really make a difference. So it's really important to find something that you can live with long term. Yeah, I like that. that definitely long term is the key. Uh, well, on top of everything else, you are a culinary expert. You have created and conducted healthy cooking seminars and you're currently writing your first cookbook. Can you give us a hint of what to expect when your book comes out and when will it be released? Yeah, sure. So I'm very excited about this. Um, the book should be out in the fall, and it's a collection of my best recipes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's going to take someone through an entire day of healthy meals. And as I was writing these recipes and 
you know, being a mom of two very young children, it was really important to me to make sure everything is quick and easy and all the recipes use ingredients that anyone can find anywhere. So cooking healthy shouldn't be stressful or to take too much time. It should be something that's very easy to do. So keeping it simple is really, really the key to to how I cook and how I stay healthy. And I really wanted to share some of those techniques and recipes and all my little cooking tricks so that everyone can do this at home. Oh, that sounds great. And um, (laughs) when did you say how long you think you have left to finish it? Uh, It should be out in September or October, sometime in the fall. Great. Well, I'll definitely be looking looking toward to that. um, (laughs) Is there a way that uh, listeners can get... Uh, stay on track, keep updates of this? Uh, uh, yeah, so sure. I can um, give you a link to a website where they can see when the book will be released. So we can okay, do great. that. Okay, now I'll be, I will post that on my Facebook page later. And uh, as it gets closer to to getting launched, I'll definitely bring it back up and make sure people see it coming. That sounds like it's going to be a great addition for people. Excellent, um, thank you. You were telling me on the phone, there's a lot of, FDA new label laws that you were really excited about. Um, can you tell me what, what it was you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, so th- this is very exciting. Um, we're going to see some changes to the nutrition labels that we're seeing on all the packages in the supermarket. So, uh, you know, these labels have been around for about 20 years, and the FDA is now proposing some changes to them, and they're really trying to make them easier for all of us to understand and and just um, make our lives easier as consumers. And all these changes that they're suggesting that we're going to talk about are all positive, and I'm really excited about them. So the first thing that's going to be, and that's probably the biggest change, is that calories are going to be displayed on the nutrition labels much more prominently. So the font's going to be bigger, they're going to be in bold, and we're going to be able to instantaneously say, see how many calories are in a certain package. So what the FDA realized after they've studied and all the the advances in the world of nutrition and, and health that we're seeing is they realized even though all the nutrients on the label are important to look at, so some people may look at sodium and some people may look at fiber, and these are all important and good, but most people should be focusing on calories and controlling how much food they eat at one time. So there's really a shift in the focus um, on the labels to calories and portions since we know that the most important thing for prevention of disease and managing disease is being in a healthy weight. So calories are the bottom line for weight management. So that's why they're going to shift into displaying the calories more prominently and displaying the serving sizes and the amount of calories that is in the total package is going to be much more easier to calculate. So, um, The other thing that's really important that they're doing is they're changing the serving sizes to be a little bit more realistic. So right now, you may pick up a small bag of pretzels, and it will tell you that this bag has three servings. Well, if I open that bag of pretzels, I'm not only going to eat a third of it, and certainly, (laughs) you know, so it's a little bit unrealistic, some of the products that are out there, the amount of servings that they're listing. So... And not to mention, I mean, it's really complicated. When, when I'm in the supermarket and I look at a package, sometimes I need to pull out my calculator uh, to figure <laughs> out how, how many calories are in the whole bag of something. So it really it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this complicated. We, 
as consumers should be able to pick up the package and tell immediately if this is a good food for us or not. So the labels that are coming out will list serving sizes that are closer to what most people would normally consume. So the biggest example of this is the 20-ounce bottles of soda. So right now, most of them say there's two and a half servings in one bottle. Again, if someone opens that (laughs) bottle, they're going to drink the whole 20 ounces. They're not only going to drink half of it. So um, the new labels are going to show the whole bottle has one serving. So the whole bottle is what you're going to probably consume. And it's going to be much more obvious that a bottle of soda or a bottle of juice has way too many calories for most people. So it's going to be pretty obvious right away that that is not a good choice for most people. That is a so step in the counting. right direction for sure. I I did a speech in my Toastmasters group before called um, You've Been Lied To, and I talked <laughs> about all, all the false advertising tricks they do where, like, uh, for instance, butter spray, where there's it's zero calories, but somehow there's 1,130 servings in it because it's, right, so right. it's, it's actually as there's actually quite a bit of calories in it, and people don't. And so certain things like that, it's definitely a step in the right direction that they're starting to make some of these changes that will help uh, may make a significant difference. I also like that uh, at different uh, fast food places and at some ballparks now that they put the calorie information on the menu, and I've noticed lately. So since I've been yeah. a trainer, I've definitely seen a few changes, but uh, it's exciting to hear these new changes that are coming too. Yeah. They're also going to remove – right now there's a line um, for calories from fat. So they're going to remove that. And I think that's a good idea because it's a little bit confusing. And for most people, it's not helpful to know how many calories are coming from fat. So it's more important to look at total calories, as I said. And they're going to keep the breakdown of total fat into saturated fat and trans fats. And I think that's a good thing because we want to know where the fat is coming from, what the source is. So they are going to keep that breakdown, but going to take away the calories from fat line. And the most important or one of the more important things that they're going to do, and that was there's a lot of controversy about this, is that they're going to, there's going to be a separation between added sugar and naturally occurring sugar. So right now when you look at a label, you only see sugars. So you don't know if that sugar is naturally occurring. Like in the yogurt, there will be naturally occurring sugars from the milk. Um, but you, you can't tell right now if, you know, a candy bar in the yogurt may have you know, the same amount of sugar or close amounts, but there's a huge difference for, you know, where the sugar is coming from when the candy ball is going to be the added sugar and the yogurt has a more naturally occurring sugar. So while both of these types of sugars raise blood sugar, it's really important for people to be aware of how much added sugar they're taking in because usually the foods that have a lot of added sugars tend to be the higher calorie foods. So when the new labels are out, when we pick up something like a yogurt, we'd be able to tell if the sugar is natural and it comes from the milk or the fruit that's in there or if it's just added sugar. So again, while sugar is sugar, it's really important to be aware of the source and that's going to help people make better calorie choices as well. Well, it's it's awesome to hear that we're on the verge of making all these changes. Yeah, it's going to take a couple of years probably until we see these labels out because um, there are thousands and thousands of products that need to, you know, get reformulated and the packaging needs to be redone. But um, it definitely changes in the right direction, and I'm very excited about this. Well, Daphna, I like talking to you so much that I decided just to keep you on for the rest of the show. So we only have a few (laughs) minutes left, but... uh, uh, one question I'd want to close with is just you gave us so much great information today in this interview, uh, and I'm gonna I will keep uh, reposting some of it so my listeners will uh, get a summary. But 
if they could only take away one thing from the interview they just heard heard from us, what would you want it to be? I would say that, you know, there are so many different ways for people to get healthier. I think it's really important for someone to find a plan that works for them, that is something that they can keep long-term, that they're comfortable with, that is not too extreme, so that they can really make those healthy lifestyle changes last a whole lifetime. And I think it's really, sometimes I tell my patients, I ask them, do you know where the word diet comes from? The word diet originates from Greek, the ancient Greek language, and what it means in Greek is a way of life. So it's really important to keep that in mind, that a diet is not just something temporary. It should be a way of life, and Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing. That's a great answer. Um, Well, listeners, we're about out of time for today. Um, Be sure to check out hungershield.com. Go to the website and check out the product. There's a lot of great information, like I said on there before. And if you go to my Facebook page, Chat Awesome Fitness on Facebook, there's a link where you can get a 15% discount to any of the products that they have there. And so be sure and check that out. And also look at my Facebook page later today where I'll post uh, some nutrition recipes from from cooking recipes from Daphna that she gave me earlier that are also great. But uh, Daphna, thank you for being such a great guest today on the show. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure, too. And listeners, thank you for tuning in this week. And make sure you come back next week on Monday at 9 a.m. Central Time for more Be Fit for Life. Thanks again for tuning us in. Please join Chad Austin next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Be Fit for Life on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, have fun, get active, and be fit.